and we are recording. Clive Goslin, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Dale. We are sat in your van in Huntington Beach, California. The sun is shining. We've just done Frogtown last weekend. Uh, Paul Roberts was with us, but it, we think he's just wandered off for a smoke. But we're not quite <laughs> sure. So he might come back, he might not. Yeah, but yeah, I'm uh, super happy to be here. Last time we were in Darren Wood's uh, shed in his garden, right, doing the podcast. That was it, yeah, yeah. That's probably yeah, yeah. over a year ago now, yeah. yeah. So. Great to see you. Anyway, let's say I've been hanging out this week and uh, been on the road up to Frogtown and got to catch up and see everything but for the ones that don't know maybe uh, fill us in a little bit why you actually are out here in California uh yeah for uh I'm out here for work so the last time I was in uh, Southern California was in the early 90s and that was um uh bringing somebody out to GT when GT were based here uh and that's weirdly exactly the reason why I'm in Southern California this week uh, I just started working for GT full time about a week ago um so I've been working for with a GT brand for the last 10 years, uh, but about a year ago, uh, the distribution of GT moved to a different company um, and I, I, I stayed uh, working with uh, mainly Cannondale. And then uh, an opportunity came up to join the team at GT, uh, but working for the brand directly here in California rather than distributor in the UK. And I grabbed that with both hands and I'm super excited to get on board. Yeah, yeah. So you were telling me it means you're probably going to be coming out and visiting a little bit more? Yeah, um, yeah. Jason, who's the new uh, guy running GT, he 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 said he, he knew I was a family guy, but there would be a little bit of travelling involved, and he'd expect me to be out in California a few times a year. Uh, <laughs> I can't say that I was unhappy to hear that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's great coming out. You know, that's the first time I've seen Paul for like twenty years. Uh, great hooking up with you this week. So yeah, the opportunity to come out to Southern California and be like at the heart of where GT started is a phenomenal experience. Yeah, yeah, and to say we did Frogtown, what was your thoughts on the weekend there? Oh, Frogtown, I mean, my feed is just full of Frogtown images. Yeah. Um, and and uh, it was a great, oh, it was a great weekend. Hanging out with Steve Spencer, who's a coach from GT, uh, and hanging out, you know, seeing and meeting everybody was, uh, was an absolute trip. Hanging out with you, having a little road trip with you and Kenny Hunter was awesome. Uh, for me, the highlight was was uh, spending a little bit of time uh, chatting with Bob Osborne, mm -hmm. uh, who obviously was the, BM, the the inventor of BMX Action and editor for many years. Uh, Bob was super gracious to give us, you know, a good twenty minutes, half an hour of his time chatting about the UK. Uh, got an autograph and a hat and stuff like that. So yeah, boyhood dreams come true. Yeah, do you think Frogtown was something that would be uh, something a good addition to do in England? Uh, I well. Weirdly, I'm a great believer in fate. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not really religious. I'm not really spiritual, but I do believe that like the universe has everything planned out, and we're kind of just along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was actually talking to Todd Huffman a little while ago about maybe doing something in the UK with a Frogtown style event. Uh, and then when GT told me I had to come out this week, and I contacted you and said, "Hey, I'm going to come out." Do you want to hang out for the weekend? And you said that weekend's Frogtown. Mm -hmm. It all just fell into place. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think maybe to do something like that in the UK would, would be awesome. Uh, Todd said you have to have a downhill track because, like, the old guys can't, mm -hmm. like, like, pedal anymore. Right, yeah, <laughs> Although yeah. I would say that track had a lot of pedaling. It had a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what a great weekend, and congratulations to Todd and his team for pulling mm -hmm. it off. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Totally enjoyed it. And, yeah, uh, yeah like, this series, along with Dirty Fest, continues to grow, and it uh, gives some of us old guys a bit more of a 
opportunity or something to look forward to do than uh, just alongside regular racing. So thumbs up from it from my side as well. I think I think the images you're seeing online from Frogtown, they could they could like the side hacks and stuff like that. They could legitimately be pictures from mm-hmm. the 70s and early 80s. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just like. You know, it is incredible what they've created up there. So, yeah, super excited to have gone and experienced it firsthand. Moving back to GT, I mean, we did GT together in the UK, UK team. Early 90s, was that 92, 93? Yeah, we did. So you've seen a lot of history throughout GT. Uh, Yeah, my my journey with GT started in 1984. I've got a picture of me at Teesside National, that national where the CW team came over. Yeah. Pistol Peach, Out Justice, Aaron Seeley. And uh, I had a chrome GT Pro 4 with Galindo bars and mm-hmm. oh, redline flights. And, uh, you know, I had a Carlisle Aggressor front tie. You know, those big fat front tires that used to smell of... I remember, yeah. They yeah, used yeah. to smell of cat's wee. You're right. Um, so that was that was when my kind of relationship with GT started. And then obviously early 90s, doing the team through karate sport. So that was you and Paul and uh, Keith Dooley. Um, Thomas Foreman. Thomas Foreman. Yeah. You know, a super, you know, super sweet team. Uh, and then obviously um, getting into the mountain bike stuff with GT as well. So sort of like the early mountain bike racing um, leading into the sort of like mid 90s. And then, you know, you winning the worlds and getting on GT and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, my my kind of history with GT is sort of, you know, super deep. Um, you know, I'm lucky to have been around the brand a long time. And then for the last 10 years working with the brand, you know, bringing Kai White into the BMX program, working with CK and the Peckham Club, mm-hmm. working with, uh, you know, Reedy and Kichi and Bernie and those guys on the UK team. So, yeah, I've been I've been constantly connected uh, to GT with, with a sort of BMX lens. And then more recently with mountain bikes and gravel bikes and everything else. Um, yeah, I, I can't say that my love affair with GT isn't isn't strong as a brand. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You've definitely got your history. And I think looking back to those early UK mountain bike days, early 90s, didn't you have a cover on GT as well? And be UK or something? <clears throat> yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I had um, I had, a, I had, a, I had um, on GT, I had two covers. I, mm. I had a cover of MBUK, which was like October 93. Um, Steve Bear pick, mm-hmm. nice kind of flat tabletop. The pictures over. are always good, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, nice flat tabletop over the first double at Slough. Yeah. Well, that probably wasn't really flat. He probably just got a really good angle. Right. Caught <laughs> it really well. And then, um, yeah, and then, um, you know, our good friend Mark Noble put me on the cover of uh, Ride magazine. There was like mm-hmm. three different pictures. Oh, that's a good one. That... Yeah, like a turn down. 93. Yeah, I think it was later than that, but it was mm. like a turn down in, oh, maybe right. in like yeah. full race kit. You know, from somewhere, maybe a backyard or something. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple of covers. Um, but, yeah, GT's been on a real journey. I think for the last, uh, you know, if you look at the kind of history of, you know, GT, you know, through the late 90s, you know, change of changes of ownership and mm-hmm. companies going bust and stuff like that, uh, GT ended up um, uh, as part of the uh, Durrell Cycling Sports Group company. Mm-hmm. Um and that was based out of Canada, and GT actually moved to um, to Connecticut. So for the last ten years, GT has been run out of uh, Connecticut, uh, really as a kind of sister brand to Cannondale. Slightly different, but definitely they were sharing a lot of resources, sharing offices, you know, sharing engineering and stuff like that. And then um, uh, nearly two years ago, uh, GT and the whole Durrell Sports portfolio. So that's GT Schwinn, Mongoose, and Cannondale. 
they were acquired by a company called Pond, Pond Holdings, a big Dutch company, they're a big VW distributor. And Pond already owned a lot of bike brands, Santa Cruz and Cervelo and Gazella. Uh, and now with buying the Durrell Sports portfolio, that makes Pon Bike the biggest bike company in the world, if you add all the revenue of all the brands together. Wow. So we're lucky that GT is part of this big, huge company. It's a privately owned family business. So it's, uh, you know, uh, as we all know, the bike industry has been had an incredible high through COVID. Now an incredible low through everybody like ordering too many bikes. So the bike industry is going through a bit of a tough spot. Um, but when Pon acquired um, uh, the brands, they they moved GT into like a different category and like separated it out from Candel. So the obvious thing was for uh, Jason, who's the new guy running GT, to move the company from Connecticut back to California. Mm-hmm. So it's been completely separated out. It's now completely independent and autonomous. Um, and the uh, the goal now with the team there is to you know, look at where GT can can uh, win, and, and GT is still uh, a huge bike brand, but we definitely, uh, you know, definitely need to look at where it's strong, and we can kind of address those things. But right now, GT can be quite quite flexible. You know, it's a small team of people, just got to push it in the right direction, mm-hmm. and I'm super excited about what the future holds. You know, coming out here and getting onboarded with it all, and hanging out with the team here. Mm-hmm. You know, great bunch of people, all like minded. And we're going to do some cool shit. Yeah, yeah, looking absolutely looking forward to seeing what you guys uh, come up with. And like I say, with knowing you a long time and your history and everything you've do and done is always hundred percent great. You always look great. Everything you've done, bikes, branding. So uh, yeah, I'm super excited to see what you do. Um, what's your thoughts on uh, current uh, BMX racing? I know in England it's, it's obviously you, you've got more you know watching that more obviously but uh what's your thoughts you know not just in england but maybe out here as well and i know you keep your eyes on everything yeah i do i don't i don't go to as many races as as i would like i mean i you know i normally do whatever uci supercrosses in the uk glasgow mm-hmm. whatever uh or you know manchester uh, i usually try and pop along to local nationals bournemouth gosport or whatever i'm mm-hmm. trying to keep an eye on it but obviously in the world we live in you're just seeing it all day mm. every day in your feed yeah um and I think that today's, you know, today's athletes are absolutely incredible. Um, I think, you know, with how challenging the Supercross tracks are, like just watching the World Championships recently, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that track a year ago when they had the Supercross there was was a little bit more, um, I don't know, it looked like the first straight was a little bit like, or, like it didn't flow as well as it did for the Worlds. Yeah. So they obviously tweaked the track a little bit. I think I think the racing is you know it's the speed the precision you know it is it's incredible and they're incredible athletes you know whether it is the the bmx that you or i would like it to be relative to our history in the sport is questionable i think there was a point in time where bmx could have gone in two directions i think it could have gone in like the vans triple crown direction Mm -hmm. or it could have gone like the way it inevitably went which was maybe with a little bit more um influence from like the track and uci and stuff like that so um yeah it look it's bonkers this like i said they are unbelievable athletes mm-hmm. would i you know do i think somebody took the mx out of bmx yeah absolutely you know the do i think that if it was more of a sort of gnarly downhill track and 
you know, stuff like that, would it be a different sport and maybe more, um, maybe a true kind of modern iteration of its original roots? A hundred percent, but that's not the way it went. So the reality is we've got, you know, two different kind of versions of BMX, right? The UCI Supercross version. And then we've got like, uh, you know, UK and US domestic version, which actually is pretty still BMXy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I go down and watch a race at Bournemouth, it's pretty much the same track that it was back when we were racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that version of BMX is still pretty similar. I mean, people mm-hmm. take it a bit more serious and they're more clipped in and concrete berms and stuff like that, but it's still BMX. Mm-hmm. But the UCI stuff is, is next level and I have a, a huge amount of respect for it. It's just maybe a slightly different version that we would have, we would have, we would have expected BMX to end up. Yeah, yeah. You've been obviously saying sponsoring Kai and uh, CK and all those guys down at Peckham. What's your thoughts on Kai as a, as a fan? I know you're a fan and of, of actually watching racing. Him as the person working with him and uh, like all of us, just so fun to watch, you know? Uh, oh, there. Um, so, yeah, through CK, you know, Kai and Trey and the Peckham program, stuff like that. I've worked with them now for, for years. They, you know, sit, there's not many people in BMX that I can sort of think of uh, have done as much for BMX as CK. Getting kids on bikes, getting the track going. So I really do take my hat off to him and the champions that he's produced. You know, the riders that he's produced out of that program and that track are, I mean, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. My view on my view on Kai, you know, as as his sponsor, is actually my view on Kai. If I wasn't his sponsor. I think I think he has I think he's one of the best BMX racers in the world today but I also think he has the opportunity to be one of the best BMX racers of all time. Mm-hmm. And the reason the reason is his like watching him race his track craft and unfortunately his ability to come from the back because I think we all know that he, he doesn't get as consistent a starts as, you know, maybe he would like and we would all like. Mm-hmm. So he's basically figured out that, you know, he can pick people off and really come from the back. He's, he's, his track craft, the way he's like looking around and like overtaking people in places where nobody else would overtake, you know, the way he gets through the sections and the, the speed that he carries through those legs down the straights is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think we just all need you know, to, to see if there's a way that he can be much more consistent with it. You know, he shouldn't have to come from the from from behind, right? He should be out front. Yeah, yeah, makes yeah, it yeah. hard for himself, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, he, yeah, he does, but not everybody, you know, if you're if you're maybe amazing at what he does, maybe the flip side is you're never you're not gonna be the best starter. But, you know, I've seen him get some of the best gates out there. He just doesn't get consistently the best gates out there. Mm-hmm. So like everybody, he's got a few things to work on, but you know, let's face it, the the performance in the last couple of years at Worlds and Tokyo and stuff like that, he's proved himself beyond a doubt. Uh, but he is also a pleasure to work with. Mm-hmm. Like feedback on the bikes, you know, obviously like right now he's riding a bit of a prototype that, that we're working on with him. Uh, so his feedback and how he, like, easygoing he is, you know, before Kai, um, you know, I brought Liam into, into GT and Liam was actually quite different. Liam to, Phillips. Yeah, yeah, Liam yeah. Phillips. So Liam was very different to work with. Liam had a very specific idea of exactly how he wanted to his frame to be. So all of Liam's frames were completely custom made to his own geometry. You know, a lot of testing, very particular. Kai is way more like, just give me the bike and I'll ride it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's Seems very, very mellow, doesn't he? Uh, super easy going, 
really kind of reminds me of like Gary and Wayne Llewellyn. Just yeah. give me the, just give me it, and I'll get on with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's great to work with. A real a real um, super ambassador for GT. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Clive, you're getting ready to uh, literally get on the plane the next uh, one more day, right? And then you take off. Yeah, got got uh, yeah. A couple, I fly home on Friday, so mm. we're on we're on Wednesday now. So I've got a little bit more more time in the office. Got you know important meetings to have and important magic moments to <laughs> create in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sort of coming in in a marketing position, so um, you know working with teams and athletes and. You know, reps and shops is a real sort of wide, you know, real wide focus and lots of stuff to do. But yeah, just just a weekend, it's all a bit, uh, you know, there's a lot to take on. I'm sure, yeah. But uh, yeah, super excited to be part of kind of getting GT, you know, GT, GT is is kind of just not right now where it can be. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's still like one of the still one of the biggest bike brands out there. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much overlooked. But, you know, GT used to be, like, the last word in performance. And uh, we're definitely working on getting it back there. So we've got an all-new team of people out here, all new guys designing bikes. Um, yeah, so the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of really good stuff coming out of GT. Yeah, looking forward to yeah. seeing everything you do. Good. and We'll have to get you back on GT, Dave. Yeah, yeah, hey, we can, we can talk <laughs> after this, you know. Still uh, I'm not sure we've got the budget. <laughs> <laughs> you get cheaper as you get older. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. And I would say we get yeah. we get we get um grot bags back on a GT, but it sounds like he's got more GTs than GT. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Clive. It's always great seeing you. I'm glad you're going to be coming back. So maybe we can hop on next time you're uh, next trip over, and we can get a bit more of an update. Yeah, and, you know uh, what? Next yeah. time, next time, I'd like to bring a bike out, Dale, and come yeah. down and check out the San Diego scene. And yeah. Get on the pump track with you all, and yeah, yeah, you know, be really, great. Yeah, I'd love love to get love to get back under the. Back on the back on the gate. Yeah, sounds good. Clive, great talking. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you later. Cheers. So you're uh, you're now going to be working at GT. It's, uh, but you, myself, and Dale, we all had periods of our uh, of our riding career where we uh, rode for and rode GT bikes. We did, and uh, it's uh, it's fantastic that we're all sitting here in Huntington Beach, which is pretty much like the birthplace of GT. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet we, I think, the history runs deep. Uh, I was just mentioning to Dale about my first Chrome Pro Pro I had a Pro Four, mm-hmm. and uh, that was like eighty four Chrome Pro Four Glindo bars. Didn't uh, they test that in like BMX Action Bike number one, or was it number two or three? Ooh, oh, no, I might have been good number trivia. one. Oh, I think it was straight into the trivia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been doing trivia all day. I'm yeah. running out of <laughs> gas. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was my yeah that was my first GT. T side eighty four got picture of me like riding it there. Oh like, right, so I would have had mine right at the same yeah, time yeah, as you. Yeah, and then and then me you too. Know, yeah, 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 and then into 84. the nineties. Yeah. You were on Bunny's GT, Bunny's GT right? yeah, yeah. And then into the nineties when uh, it came through Karate Sport, and uh, I was sort of like helping them with the BMX program, and you were on board, and Keith Dooley was on board, and Dale was on board, and Thomas Foreman was on board, and it was cool. It was a cool team. Yeah. Wasn't Jamie? Was Jamie on it? I was thinking, you know, I was thinking that we were talking the other day some of the pros no, on he GT. Was, he was. Jamie, Jamie staff was, was on, on Jane Windle's GT, and then he was on the GT when it changed over here okay. in the two. He still had the dark blue helmet, but he had the neon GT jersey. Of like, I, I remember. Are you thinking Rob when he lived in England? Yeah, Jamie. Yeah, when the Europeans were yeah. in uh, yeah. Slough, he so still, he was he on GT eighty nine ninety. He had a dark blue open face. Yeah, and he wore the the fluoro, when he turned super class, he was on GT. He did. GT Jamie was on GT, and he was on GT time. USA yeah, right yeah. before he went full yeah. time. Before, uh, before we get to Bello. the nineties, which is my favourite GT period, my I've got to give a shout out to uh, 
to Gary Fenwick. I'd been on I'd been on Kuhara national team in '83, um, and obviously you know you wanted to be on a factory team, and Gary Fenwick was running a team out of a shop. Obviously, it was a, it was a super high quality team because he was running it, and it, the shop was killer. But he that was the first time I got to choose a bike. He said we've got you know we've got anything in here that you could want, and it's funny in hindsight I should have. Should have chose the, the JMC Daryl Young, but I uh, I didn't. I chose a GT uh, GT. I think it just would have been a GT Pro at that point, um, and ran that. And then it was white when I first got it, and then had that triple triple spray color. But that was my first GT, and I uh, I loved it straight away, man. I, I rode that until until I got into free agent. And then super weird connection, you know, my best friend and our top buddy, Carl Orford, he used to ride for GT right in the early You days. did, I've seen the pictures, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. so he think, had the big four-face helmet. You know what, the thing, the thing with GT, even being out here in SoCal for the week and even staying in the hotel and coming down to breakfast in a GT t-shirt, everybody has a GT story. Yeah, yeah. Right? So we had guys come over saying, oh, GT, you have a mm-hmm. GT? And they go, oh, my first bike was this and my first bike was that. Everybody's got a GT story, and it's always a positive one. Everybody has always got like a fluffy, starry-eyed memory of their first interaction or their favourite moment with GT. So I'm, uh, yeah, to say I'm, I'm stoked to be uh, out here awesome. working for the brand at HQ and going to be out here a little bit more is uh, understatement of the year. Cool. And um, I just said today, well, I'm going to bring a bike next time, and me and you are going to get on the gate down in San Diego. <laughs> What's funny is I, I, I forget, I forget, I forget that. You know, because we're we're old, so those nineties nineties GTs were like, you know, second or third third wave of stuff for us. But like that bike, that your bike that I've been riding around. If I ride that down here, all of the people aged between you know, twenty five and forty five just look at that and they're like, dude, that just reminds me of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, like a mongoose, would remind me more so of my childhood than a nineties GT. But for some people who are younger than me, those nineties GTs, especially here, because mm-hmm. they were everywhere here. Yeah. Like if you go on Craigslist here, there's so many dinos and GTs. Just people just almost giving them away because oh, they they dominated here. I'd imagine if you did a square mile round here, there's probably fifty people that work for GT at some point. <laughs> yeah, and then they they got so big. Like yeah. Rich Long just took them took them to new new levels i mean you know you and you and me when we came here the first time i went to the factory they were still on gothard mm-hmm. um and it was just mind-blowing to me. i couldn't I'd, i mean even though they would get they i don't know if they were making everything here they were still getting some stuff bought in but it just seemed like there was an unfeasibly large amount of stuff there it just seemed like, even for a bike factory, it just seemed like there was too much stuff there. When when I when I went when I took Matt Eo there early nineties, just like walking around the walking around the place and you're like, I know that guy. And uh and like say for example Greg Scott. Greg Scott was like running the shipping department there. And I'm like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing here? You just like bump into so many people. Uh and like up at Frogtown at the weekend, you talk to people, there's so many people like there, TC and Big E, and then all the pros that were there, Nelson Shannady and Gary Ellis, just like like I said, Andy every, Patterson. Every, Andy mm. Patterson, everybody at some point mm. in BMX and also mountain bike has probably had some kind of connection to GT. So the brand, you know, the brand's got such longevity. You know, we're now like 50 years plus, the 50, 50th anniversary was last year. And uh, like, it feels to me like the next 50 are gonna be, you know, just as iconic and as, as exciting as the first. Amazing, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's talk about uh, you two guys have deep history. Mm. 
raced each other, rivals, both kind of similar characters, funny, both good at the same <laughs> stuff, uh, announcing, sponsors, coverage, can marketing. I, can both talk shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and great people to be around, really, funny. I think with most of that stuff, I was second rate. I would say. You've been. Oh, yeah. Oh, especially yeah. at that point. You guys are getting too humble with, with age. Maybe not with the announcing later as I got, as, as you know, because I got, I got to do those big, those big gigs and those big shows. But you were way ahead of the curve before me on that. Better, what, better what? racing career stats and, and with the announcing stuff, way ahead of me to begin with. I only, I only came into my own really when the backyard jam started, started coming up. But it was, but it was our childhood. It was all just a piss take. Right? Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah, you yeah. did was just taking the oh, piss. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, even, you know, we were, yeah, first time I remember racing pool. I've got pictures of me racing pool at Hillingdon, probably 84. I was on Edwards, gear pants. I borrowed. Three, four, I seven, eight? No, <laughs> no, no, you can't, mate. Hey, that's, on, that's I, my bank pin number. Right? Oh, you were telling me that. Basically, yeah, 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 yeah. if you want to listen, if you want to open my phone or my bank account, all you got to do is find a picture of me and my UK BMX number. Yeah, I was down in the two fours, so I wasn't I wasn't super early, but wasn't super late. Um, I think I know what it is. I yes. <laughs> Wait, a Google search will find I, I, I it. I'm now going to go and change oh. everything I've got from yeah. the security perspective. I remember you and, you and Martin, Martin, you and Martin, Martin was still coming with you racing at that point. Martin, and, and which Martin? You, Martin True. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Martin was on, on Talker and you were on, yeah, yeah. on Robinson. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the first time I think I remember meeting meeting you guys, and you were. And then straight after that, you went on the Navajo. I think when you did the test. Very briefly. Yeah. yeah. Super briefly. Oh no, that was later I, than that, wasn't it? That I, was later. It don't. Please don't get into like bike history because I changed my bike more often than I changed my pants. I think. <laughs> uh, um, I mean. But there, yeah. Again, you had you oh. had some. You know. You had some super iconic looks and teams. I mean, you know, it help, helps helps in the first part working at the bike shop or, or having the family at the bike shop, but then Mate, meeting those yeah. people like over here, like the zero nine stuff, dude. Like you looked as pro as anybody at Slough World. Like literally, you could have gone on the gate with them dudes and it wouldn't have been like, who's the weird amateur on the gate? Like you looked. But because of the shop and because of mum and because of the relationship with the shop and Hot Wheels and everything else, you know, we did this in the first podcast. Like that black zero nine and mm-hmm. all that black gear, I paid for all that. Mm-hmm. However, you just mentioned Slough Worlds. At Slough Worlds, Graham pulled me over and gave me Graham Mary. Graham Mary pulled me over and gave me my first zero nine like factory jersey, right? Mm-hmm. So I had factory rider on it, I had my name on the back. He gave me the jersey. That's kind of like the first thing that I probably got for free mm-hmm. from a sponsor that wasn't like stuff from Edwards as part of the Edwards kind of team and being part uh-huh. of the family. You know, getting, you know, just even then getting like a free jersey that was custom painted with your name on it was like, you know, mind blowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I paid for, you know, uh, did, I never made, you know, we, we think we'd spoke about it in the last one. You know, in 80, 88 on Revcore. At the beginning of the season, Graham, Graham and Pam took me and Mum out for dinner and said, "Look, I want you to ride for Revcore this year," and basically like gave me like a budget for the year mm-hmm. that I could just basically get stuff to the value of the budget. That's the first time I got anything, and it was like a thousand quid. Mm. You know, it wasn't, but it was still a thousand quid with the free shit yeah, for somebody. Yeah. I never, you know, Paul, Paul actually made a living riding a bike, doing, you know, doing his, you Korean. know, doing his 
yeah, doing his, his working his magic with brands like Vans and Diamondback and so on. You were a courier then as well, right? I was a courier until I got. I was doing it half and half until the Diamondback deal. Yeah. And then I fucking wasn't. Then <laughs> <laughs> I was a BMXer and I mean, you was a photographer, and then you came out here and you've lived out here. So listen, we you know, from from two fourteen-year-old kids racing at Hillingdon, you know, our lives have probably gone in quite different paths. Mm-hmm. Still, still, you know, what we, you know, I didn't, I just didn't want to do. There wasn't anything else that I wanted to do as much as that. Whether it was going racing at the weekends or going to Hayden Hall which later became Pinner like I just that was way more fun than anyone else like even even when you know even when we fucking were partying and raving a little bit like it was still cool but none of it was as cool as the racing like and then and then being super lucky and having you know when we got old enough being able to travel with super close friends like I think I think it would have been less for me if I'd been Maybe if I'd just been travelling with my dad or just been travelling with the team and just gone to the races and done that and then come home, I think that might have burnt me out. But it was like, it didn't feel like just going to the races. It felt like me and my friends were all going away for the weekend. Oh, and we still talk about those road trips today. You know, uh, Holland Worlds, you know, where we had that big red bus that's... Yeah, still, I didn't go I, with you guys, but I came back with you when I went to yeah, Paris. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, that's, I think Steve Barden's borrowed that red bus from, like, the Scouts or something. You crashed it, right? Yeah, I crashed it in yeah. Paris. <laughs> 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 but we, uh, you know, but that trip, you know, Dooley and Steve Bell and Tom and Carl... Indry. And Indry, like, every, Ross Hill, Ross like Hill. everybody yeah. in, that, in, that, in that van. God, that was... The, you know, we still, you know, we still mm. reference that, mm. that trip, you know, regularly, like, you know, it, because they are some of the best memories of oh, our lives, right? Dude, some of those road so trips. So the road trips, fucking amazing, yeah, man. the road trips, the races, everything. So you two guys raced, like I said, since 84. You guys have been battled for a couple of titles here then. Any stick out of you two guys, like, like it was on the line? I, surely just racing. Week in, week out. They won like one race, so there was no, a big champion always, of champions there, or anything. There was, there was, one season, was always a battle. Right. <laughs> there was one season where I think it was close, um, and neither of us got number one. Uh, but the year after that, it weren't even like it weren't even remotely close. I think you won everything that year. You won British champs and all the nationals. What's that? Right? 88, 89? Yeah. 88. You're talking about eighty-seven when neither of us won, right? Robin Mason. Yeah. 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 Well, you you would have won if it weren't for it weren't for Vince. Well, Vince broke my foot. At, um, Vince Romford. broke my foot, right? At Rome. Yeah. The gate dropped on you. Yeah. You know, you, uh, well, I think I can tell you why I didn't win, and that—that's that last national. Was like, no, the last—the last national was up north, like Newcastle. No, no, no. There were three. There was three super nationals: Newcastle, Thorn, and oh, Newcastle. Wigan. Wigan. No, no, no. Wigan was the first regular. There was five regular nationals, which were three Wigan, Bretons, and the three super nationals at the end were Newcastle, Tamworth, and Hounslow. I, I remember the where well, I thought the last national was up north because it was raining and super muddy and horrible, um, and I didn't and I didn't race. That was the first one of the. because ah, my you, mum, my mum was like, "What are you doing?" You got a race. You're in contention for number one. I was like, I don't want to race. It's muddy. It's shit. I don't want to get on my gear. Don't fuck my bike up. Get on my you, gear, Jenny. You, you and she went, I don't pay all this money to bring you all the way around the country for you. And I just, I, I was honestly. Your first was race. A bit, your first race back. Was a bit you of didn't a like getting muddy. Bit of a dick. I yeah. hate racing in the mud. 
Because he just fucked everything. Like the bike, the gear. You got- <laughs> I was all about the bike and the gear, not the trophies or results. I just wanted a, you Look know, good. what, 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 um, you know, listen, different things motivate different people. You know, I remember when, I remember when we all started doing the occasional like BB race to go and do the Brits or whatever. And I went and did like some regional up in the Midlands and I think it was like one of the Barfords or something. I was like, got my gear out, went up on the gate, which is about to, like put my gloves on and he comes over and like looks at my bike and he's like, you know, are those campag ups and like, you know, the, the fancy share of stars. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, bastard. And just like, <laughs> I'm like you, you know, you're like, it was all, for me, it was all about looking factory and having the best kit. And, yeah. and that, but that just, I didn't do it to show off. That's that just you. what's made me, me well, that's what made me happy. Mm-hmm. That's what motivated me, you know, getting everything ready. I My problem that year was I just, I'd focus so much on you on that winter beforehand and then going into it thinking that I might have had the slight upper hand because I beat you at High Wycombe then the first region, first nationals at Wigan I won that final which fucking was the first ever national final I'd won then Cruiser it was you and me right to the last corner and I crashed and you won <laughs> but you know but I can remember that mm-hmm. I, I uh... that's where you fell out of the chair in, yeah. the, in the end where somebody's like and I, and I was running <laughs> and, and I had the wrong I had the wrong um, freewheel on it at Wigan which is a pretty long fast track I was running 39.18 it was like way, I was like spinning like a if you look back at a video of that I'm probably doing like twice as many cranks as anybody else I'm like that yeah, at Wigan as well I should have just waited I should have instead of trying to trying to go around the outside and then power the yeah, but we've already said that Cruiser doesn't count so. <laughs> <laughs> well that's right because I'm 120 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, fa- a famous quote was uh, Paul rung your mum what is what is what I think where this comes from is because your mum was already doing like official scores yeah. and stuff like stuff for yeah. for the region and for and for nationally that was what I would have called to repeat to her the, the way the story is like the way the story got told is Paul <laughs> used to just call my mum and be like yo I've been training I'm going to wax Clyde right. for the weekend like and it wasn't it wasn't that she what, never told me is it no, so right. what, what it would have been would have been me talking to Carol about you know about something probably because you and me were riders reps around that point and yeah, then a cheeky yeah. little thing at the end of course like, yeah. oh, yeah, just, <laughs> just, just going to go out and do some gate practice like it's kind of been doing gate practice like that that sort of thing but I mean as soon as you got hurt at Bretton's like pretty much the rest of that day was starting to go downhill and then not having that you know, I'd, I'd, I'd focus so much on you rather than just the winning races, like forgetting about Jonathan Hearn and Robin Mason, whereas... We were both know, bloody quick. Yep, both good. Yeah. And both Robin, Robin was good when he went Steve Hodges. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a good thing. I mean, I think we covered it in the last podcast. You know, I didn't go up to Superclass because I just wasn't... Like, for me, you know, like you guys wanted it to be a job, right? You wanted yeah, to get money yeah. out of it. Of course. For yeah. me, I just like, I just want to like go to the races and like, mm. hang out with my friends and... You know, for me, the, probably the best bit of the race was when the racing finished and we could all go on the track and do jumps and mess about. I think with us as well, like you and me slightly, once you won that number one plate, that was when you, you I think you, you'd you already semi-checked out, but then, then you started racing superclass all the time. Yeah, but only because you have to, right? You can't, I mean, you you can't win mains, number one. You make finals. Yeah, I, look, you know, was I, was I vaguely in the mix a few times in superclass? Yeah, probably. Was I serious about it absolutely not yeah. was I as quick as you guys absolutely not did I give a fuck absolutely not you know so we you know it's just like what we did you know we were we were way more into me Tom Carl 
Rob Stobart, Stevie Pollard, the whole LRP. It was all about going to the race to then go out the Saturday night mm-hmm. to, to go and have fun, be with your friends. Mm-hmm. You know, we had some crazy nights that we can't obviously talk about on a podcast. Oh, lots you, of stuff going you can't. on. I can. <laughs> I can. I'm not married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, the motivation was different for everybody. You, you guys are making a living out of it and hats off to you and you ended up with having amazing careers in it. You know, for me, you know, for me, I can't speak for Paul, but for me, it was just all about like being part of the scene and having fun and seeing your buddies. I just wanted to, I know we're going to, this is going to be a quick one. Um, King of Dirt, you two guys were like right there at the start. Yeah. What do you remember about that? Mm, I mean, I, I... King of Dirt at the Nationals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, uh, I always liked to, like to jump. So I think, I think I entered probably the first, the first couple, but they, they didn't, um, they had a couple of little ones. It wasn't really until like the 91, probably Dylan on Titan, that sort of, that sort of year when it really started actually becoming a thing. Flower Euros, you guys got a lot of coverage on that. Yeah, I just, I, re- yeah. I remember as well, what was cool was in England was it, there were different people that I would meet and would see away from races who never would normally have come to races who then, you know, like Mike and Steve from Great Eight, and you would, they wouldn't have been at races. But then you also, it was nice because there were a certain bunch of people who were good on their bikes who maybe weren't the best racers, who now all of a sudden got way more credibility and like the credibility they deserve. Like Sean and Curtis, you know, from, from Ipswich and that, they, they both, you know, they would have been like main makers or in their amateur age groups. But all of a sudden when that King of Dirt happened, it was like, oh dude, these two dudes, that's why these dudes are on TNT. And you know, the, the, the Kai's and his family and all that stuff, it's, uh, I'm just lucky to, lucky to be part of it. It's, uh, and then you know, when you look, that's, you know, that's what Stephen came out of. Mm. You know, that's, that's what England's best ever dirt jumper came out of. He was born into that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then started coming with me to the European King of Dirts and stuff, which were, which were awesome, dude. I don't, I don't do you remember the, do you remember the Europeans in Schwedt when TJ <laughs> when TJ TJ Lavin Germany came over? Yeah. Ninety eight, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh Mike Hayek was there with him, yeah. Random, super yeah, yeah. random. But like the fact that TJ Lavin came to a came to a dirt jumping contest, but by that time it was like, you know, Stephen was really becoming who who he was meant to become. Um I'll tell you what we should do. Next time I come out I'll bring you know everybody's got an old Vans box in the loft full of pictures and oh, stickers mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, I've got a couple of real gems in there that I'll bring next time. And one of them is uh, King of Dirt Slagaren, right? Second behind Todd Lyons. Oh, I never yeah, took yeah. The, the 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 money was Gilders. Like right. so it was even before Euros. Yeah. I never opened the envelope. I've still got like the envelope. That was a good one for you. That was yeah. We could open the mm, well, we yeah. could open the envelope and take the Gilders out and see what's in there. So yeah, those. But again, you know, Gunnar Slagaren and doing well in King of Dirt was more for me, much more of an achievement or exciting mm-hmm. than sort of doing well in the racing. Smoke, Smoker Adam came the year after and rode rode with me there. Yeah. Like he never rode any concert. He was a member of Bicycle Union, but he came over and rode that that comp the year after that. Yeah, good times. All right, guys. I know you got to get back to work. Yeah. And uh, I got to drop you off over there. We'll do it again. Looking forward to see Clive back ne- in Cali. Next, next time you're back in Cali, we'll do some more GT stuff. 100%. Thanks, guys. I'll get a fan for the van so I don't have to run away. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Like.